The way the internal communications works on the ground has been shifting for a number of years. Obviously, technology has been more and more at the forefront, and the pandemic has pushed all that into the do-it-now category. A lot of companies are investing a lot of money in internet technology and internal communications apps and things like that. Our last episode, we looked at a Gallup poll that looked at employee engagement trends from the year 2020. And while all that's kind of interesting, for actual communications professionals focusing on an internal audience, the question might be, what do I do? So we're going to talk about another study, this one released by Gallagher. And to help me parse the numbers is Debbie DeWitt, Marketing Communications Manager for Physics. Hi, Deb. Howdy. Howdy, indeed. I'd like to thank Deb for talking to me today and, of course, all of you for listening. This is Digital Signage Done Right. Whether you're new to digital signage or a seasoned pro, this podcast gives you practical advice about systems, communications, and content to better engage your audience. I'm Derek DeWitt, Communications Specialist for Physics. Welcome to Digital Signage Done Right. Okay, so Gallagher has a new study out. The title's a bit of a mouthful. State of the Sector 2021, the definitive global survey of the internal communication and employee engagement landscape. It's 45 pages long. Data and insights from over 800 respondents who are all professional internal communicators from all over the world. Yeah, and it's it's a fantastic study. I'm kind of a stats nerd anyways, but this has a lot of really valuable information because it doesn't just present the statistics, but it actually gives uh, a great analysis and even some tips. So I highly recommend you look at the study itself. Right. You can find a link to that in the transcript on the Visix webpage for this podcast episode. In the business world, uh, we've got an awful lot of acronyms. So we've got two more we're going to toss around. Internal communications, which is IC, and employee experience, which is EX. Yeah. Employee experience is the latest buzzword. You know, it's not brand new. A lot of people have been using it for a couple of years, but it's really coming into its own now. And these two things are being tied very closely together. I've mentioned this before, but IC, internal communications, is working more hand in hand with HR. Mm -hmm. And also what's fantastic is they're getting more of a voice in strategic operations. And it it may not mean that they're, they're weighing in on products or, you know, manufacturing processes, obviously, but they are getting more access to C-suite level people to talk about why communications is important, what kind of strategies need to be in place, and what kind of results they're seeing. Yeah, so the Gallagher study says 66% of IC professionals say that they have increased their influence over senior leadership during the 2020 period of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that number is closer to like 54% for North America, but they did mention that that might be because those people already had pretty good relationships. So it doesn't necessarily right. mean that there's a lower number in North America. It could mean that it just hasn't increased because it was already in good shape. You, you don't fix what ain't broken. Exactly, exactly. Um, 68% of the people they talked to said that they know for a fact that their recommendations and ideas are reaching the C-suite and they're even getting uh, clear mandates from on high, uh, at least from time to time. That's true. But what was shocking to me is that 20% said that employee experience isn't even discussed at the executive level. So one in five organizations is just poo-pooing this whole idea. Well, at the senior level, Mm. it could still be being discussed with HR, with IC, with other departments, but the C-suite level isn't directly involved in it. Right, right. 
The study goes on to say 37% of the people they spoke to said that there are plans in place for new information and collaboration tools. And yet, 27% of them said there's no clear strategy for handling digital technology as part of the employee experience. It almost seems to me like it's, well, I guess we need to get all this digital stuff. I don't know how it works. Well, maybe not that basic, but yeah, the digital experience, another nice, you know, I'm sure we'll be saying DX. DX, yeah, exactly. Soon, yeah. But the digital experience is very different than the in-office experience. And you're right, in the face of the pandemic, the priority was, hey, IT, get these people set up, make sure their work from home is, you know, able to reach our servers, make sure they have teams or whatever other collaborative platforms they need. What we're going to see, hopefully, is a shift to budgeting for services as well as the tech and the services meaning training for your employees. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do any good to have all of these tools if they're only using the top level. I happen to be a Photoshop user. Right. I use probably 5% of the capabilities of Photoshop. It works for me. It's what I need. But Photoshop or me working with Photoshop is not critical to employee experience and uh, engagement and the success of my organization. Mm. So when you have digital tools in place, but you don't actually have a plan in place on how to roll out that experience, make sure people understand the value of it, why they need to use it, how they need to use it, and then measure the, really measure the employee's response to it. Are they happy with it? Are they mm -hmm. satisfied with it? Are you using four different platforms because in emergency mode, you rolled out multiple things. You're using Zoom for video conferencing, Teams for chat, you know, intranet for this and this. This is now the point, I think, going forward that we're going to see people collapsing into the most efficient and and effective tools that employees have said they like using. Right. So when looking ahead to the rest of this year, 49% of the people they spoke to said that their focus for engagement of their teams is about values, strategy, and purpose. 41% said that they wanted to improve their overall communication strategy and the tone of voice that they're using to communicate. And 40% said they wanted to improve digital and or social channels. So that's all in the 40s. Yeah. And I mean, really engaging teams around purpose, strategy, strategy and values. That's basically we're re reworking our mission statement. Right. The second one is we're reworking our IC plan. And then the third one is we're looking at ways to get it out there digitally. Now in North America, it was slightly different without worrying about the numbers. They are definitely still focusing on purpose, strategy, and values or the mission statement. They are looking at improving digital and social channels, but the number one priority was actually improving, measuring the impact of their new plans, their new mission, and these new tools. Right. Is this working? If so, we keep it. If not, we change it. Exactly. Which I'm a huge fan of. You know, mm -hmm. we talk about ROI measurement all the time. So they're really focused on, great, we've put these things out there or we have these plans in place, but are they working? You know, in previous podcasts, we've uh, spoken with other people who have mentioned that uh, obviously diversity and inclusion is very important uh, to today's workforce. Coming across as authentic is important. Having even user-generated content is something that uh, more and more places are starting to play with. We're starting to go into subscription models for communications uh, and maybe sort of a smorgasbord approach to, I, I, I want this one, but not that one. I want this one, but not that one, and mm -hmm. so on. And this whole sort of 
integrated omni-channel data-driven framework that's becoming sort of the comprehensive way to do all this. Yeah, these are all huge trends and they're not just for say 2021. This is long-term planning. Everybody knows that transparency, authenticity, uh, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion are mm. all large topics that employees- Another acronym. Yeah, employees <laughs> care about this stuff. And you know, the user-generated content and letting employees choose how they're communicated with and how they communicate with each other, those are both basically giving people their own agency when it mm -hmm, comes to communications. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and you mentioned, you know, omni-channel frameworks, data-driven, you know, this is the tech side. But again, we're talking about, do you have a plan for how you roll those out, how you onboard these processes and technologies and actually measure the results. Mm -hmm. and, and another trend that came up that I thought was interesting is experiential communications. This is striving to engage all of the senses. Now that may sound odd. Smell. Yeah. It, Sometimes. I mm -hmm. mean, we have a blog actually about how you I can, know I wrote it. <laughs> I know how you can how you can address those senses. But what it is is this is where storytelling comes in. Ah. For communications, this is where being able to talk to a screen, being able to touch a screen, interact with things. So this is very about interacting. Sometimes it can be as simple as instead of using that shutterstock photo, you come up with photos that actually evoke the sense of smell. Like a nice hot cup of coffee. Correct. Right, really high quality, high def. You can just, you almost smell it just looking at that picture. Right, you do things like that, things that can evoke smell or taste, even just an imagery. Uh, you use textures, you know, mm -hmm. in the imagery. So it's appealing to all the senses because the whole idea is to draw the recipient into it more. Mm -hmm. So this is really, we're talking about digital communications, uh, being able to think past just a lot of text and maybe some clip art. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think that's really interesting, obviously, because I wrote that blog. But, you know, for a long time now, there's been this push for let's do 3D. That's how we're going to get people to come in and grab them and make them feel like they're part of the experience. And it's never really taken off because the technology is not good. And maybe this is the answer to that. Well, it's that. And I think in the future, we're going to see more AR, more VR. Oh, for sure. Um, you yeah. know, there's no reason your, your training can't happen with a VR headset on where people are all actually in the same room being trained on something you know where they they feel physically like they're all together things like that even could, though they're not even though they're right you know, right they're continents yeah they're all at their desks at home mm -hmm. but using ar and vr things like that uh, we're going to be able to expand on the experiential side of communications oh that's very interesting and i think as that expands like right now it may just seem like it's a a party trick as it gets adapted more and used more i think we'll begin to see more and more possibilities open up as people become accustomed to it they'll start going oh well you know if this is the situation then we can also do this and this and this and this and it's going to just change the way that we do things 50 years from now it'll be normal and we'll go really did you just look at screens once that's weird 50 years from now it won't even it, it will be unrecognizable is my guess computer brain interface that's all i'm gonna say well some of some of the things that were in this study um i don't have the stats in front of me but they also talked about there is increasing use of ai mm -hmm. because even chatbots are considered ai oh sure so I think what we're looking at is, you know, we all know that technology develops at a faster and faster pace, and we're going to use that technology as it becomes available. And so this is one of the reasons that you're actually seeing more of a focus on 
short-term planning than mm-hmm. long-term planning because I think COVID taught us all that the best laid plans, dot, 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 you know, so. That's true. So if you come up with your five-year plan and then you're like, hmm, well, now we have to change the whole plan again. And you spend all your time just juggling your items on your list instead of being more agile and more flexible and more able to respond in something more like real time. Yeah. In general, I mean, organizations, they might have goals out for five years, but they're not getting into detailed strategy because they know Mm -hmm. that the marketplace, the environment, the employee uh, talent pool, the technology, it's all going to change. So I think that flexibility has become much more important. Another thing that pops in my mind is that each of these different sort of uh, communications channels, they're not all the same thing. Email is not the same as chat, which is not the same as Teams, which is not the same as a phone call. Which which, is not the same as digital signage. Which is not the same as digital signage. So they all really do need to have their own goals, their own measurement and metrics um, methodologies, and their own ways to get feedback and adjust. Yeah, absolutely. So... This study that we were talking about, 46% of the respondents said they plan on greater investment in digital channels. Mm -hmm. So that's not a surprise. I'm surprised it's so low, frankly. Well, a lot of people already have these things in place. Ah, That's true. However, only 51% have channel-specific editorial calendars in place. So if you're an internal communications person, you're putting out your messaging, you, you need to plan that out in advance. And a lot of people aren't doing that. And it's gotten even more critical. It was one thing when you have an intranet. Mm-hmm. to say, oh, I'll post as things come up or I've got a couple things planned that I can put up. But now that you're you're managing two, three, five, six different channels, you need to have an editorial calendar in place so that you're uh, being consistent across the channels, making sure you're not overburdening people with mm-hmm. communications overload. And also, like you mentioned, there's a stat of 31% expect a stronger emphasis on employee voice and employee feedback. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. Because you've gone digital, there's a risk that it's going to become very push focused. What was kind of disappointing is 52%, so over half, said they have no plan to let employees choose the way they receive communications. That's a bummer. It's a bummer, and yet I can, I guess I could kind of see at least at this stage in the game where we are right now, why they would say this because they just don't have a system in place. How am I, I'm having a hard enough time managing two things, let alone six things, and we're going to let people pick and choose what they want. Wow, how is that going to work? That's true. And, and you know, all statistics, you have to really dig into them. And I don't have this in front of me, but I would also think that one of the other things is could be, we already have a, we have already streamlined down to, we have the Microsoft suite. Right. That's what we have. We pay, we pay a license fee. Right. And we're not paying a bunch of license fees just because you prefer the icons on this one. Right. We have teams or quite frankly, in the case of Visix, you know, we don't formally say which way do you want to be communicated with, but we have several different methods out there and we're Mm. consistent across those vehicles so that if someone only checks the intranet, they're going to see the same thing that someone who only checks the digital signs or someone who only checks email, like you're going to get it. So we're kind of saying, Hey, we're going to do it in these different places. We're not formally saying, please tell us which one you prefer. I mean, we do measure interaction, but we instead just say, here are a bunch of different options. And we assume you at home will choose the one that you right. prefer. Right. And I think that number, as as this stuff just becomes more familiar and more second nature, I think uh, we're going to see that number shift. We're going to see more places start to go. Actually, it isn't that big a pain in the neck. Uh, why not do it? Right. And that, that's where the employee feedback comes in. I mean, 
We are actually experimenting with this ourselves. Like I said, we have several channels, but we do surveys and things to say, what do you like? What do you want to see on the internet? Our internet allows comments Mm -hmm. and peer-to-peer communication. So for those things, it's almost more like a social media feeling, Mm. whereas they don't necessarily want to see that in a Teams chat or in an email because that's a more social thing. So you do have to look at what employees are using for what, and then, you know, I have a calendar of what communications go where on what days yeah obviously if you're if you're uh, if you're giving people what they want then they'll be more engaged that's just common sense which is always the goal so let's talk about the new kinds of content because as as this stuff uh, gets adopted and uh, spread more and more and more we're gonna see new kinds of content it isn't just like we know this with digital signage digital signage a lot of people started off in the early days of just well it's an electric poster but now it's a whole new animal it's this it's it's very much its own thing and I think we're gonna see this with all of these technologies yeah absolutely and I think when we talk about content this can be that we're mainly talking about internal um, and we've discussed this already a little bit but well-being is very much at the top 70% of people said they're gonna have an increase focus on mental health and employee well-being that mm-hmm. makes sense coming out of a year of a pandemic and, and who can who can have a problem with it even if it doesn't apply to them specifically no one's gonna go huh, what a bunch of jerks saying that they hope I'm okay <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> right. DEI again diversity equity and inclusion HR is very focused on this IC is helping that effort there's also concentration on the new ways of working you mm. know we've talked about this it's not just technology it's everything from and that's a moving um, target I mean it's it's changing things are being adapted things are changing new people are coming up with new ideas yeah absolutely is it hey we've decided we're only going to have one long meeting every two weeks or are we going to do five minute meetings three times a week you know it's how late should you be sending emails to your workforce or if you've got say like an app on your phone like teams or something how late should you be sending a question to someone it's it's you know it's developing all of these policies and onboarding the technology and processes that you're going to need going forward and i thought really interesting was that 47 percent of them said they see a need for increased leadership visibility so this is getting your c-suite on video on video conferences you know in messages by visibility you mean actually seeing them yeah yeah because you need to have your c-suite lead engagement efforts so Mm. now that people are not necessarily in an office or at a school uh whatever wherever the employees are they're not seeing those leaders as often and you need to get them out in front of everyone because another thing that happens especially in 20 2020 with all of this uh, rapid change is, you know, people are generally a little bit shaky when it comes to change, major change. Mm. And so you need that stability. You need that leadership. You need direction. Um, and all of that can come from the top level. And I'll also say, like, for example, a Zoom meeting with, you know, six different windows there. The big boss's window is exactly the same size as everybody else's. Like, it, it kind of has this weird psychological effect of creating an almost even playing field or even ground for everybody. Everybody has the same size box everybody has the same terrible lighting you know the same everything so it it kind of in many ways almost flattens the hierarchy a little bit it can yeah and i think this plays into the increased focus on transparency and authenticity in this survey uh, internal communicators said 17 percent say they're focusing on presenting a more authentic tone of voice this is getting rid of the jargon this is getting rid of marketing to your employees new improved but it's, it's getting rid of it for your employees this is uh-huh. about let's be transparent let's be real tell people what's going on throw out the jargon and be very authentic and transparent and the leadership getting in front of people can help 
help with that because you you need the authority and the agency behind you to, to present this information where people are going to believe it. Like you said, there's information coming at me now from a number of different directions, a number of different channels. And by focusing on being a bit more authentic, throwing out the jargon, as you said, it actually is a more efficient way to communicate because if I get a communication that I have to now stop and parse, what are they trying to tell me? They're just throwing out this HR speaker, what this gobbledygook at me. This is a problem and you're not being very effective as a communicator. Whereas if you just say, this is it, this is the thing, this is why you should care about it, here's how you do it. Boom, thanks Thanks for being so clean and clear. Yeah, exactly. And, and making sure everyone has the same information mm-hmm. and the correct information. I mean, people are feeling stressed and they're feeling a little disconnected. So uh, getting people together, giving them a reassurance, giving them community. You know, this is going to be more and more important as hybrid offices and work from home culture just expands. How much do you think organizations actually track channel reach for each way that they're communicating? How many of them are doing it right now, do you think? Well, this is the thing. When it comes to measurement, there are a few things you need to be measuring. And reach actually gets the most measurement. This Mm. is, I delivered this message to email and there were this many opens. Or I posted this on the internet, got this many comments. Or we did a digital signage message with a URL link and this many people visited the web page. So that's reach. And about 50% of people systematically track that according to the survey oh, that's that's way up from a few years ago I was I was very pleased to see that um, also people are looking at employee understanding of key topics mm. uh, and 75% of organizations are tracking that at least regularly or semi-regularly mm. which is great because you know just saying oh they opened the web page is one thing but you need to know did they understand what I was trying to say and so that's that's a good stat right. that there's that much measurement unfortunately there are some other things that mm. aren't being measured as much like satisfaction with your internal communications. Also, you need to know what's the end result. You know, everything should have a call to action. I'm saying it again. I've said it so many (laughs) times. Again and again and again. If you don't have a call to action, how can you measure it? Right. So communications can inform, they can motivate, they can recognize all of these things. But basically, you're looking for either a behavior change or a business outcome. Mm. You know, and even if it's we're focusing on well-being, you're expecting your engagement to go up and productivity to go up and all the other indicators that go with that. So if you're not measuring are employees satisfied with these communications and you're not looking at the actual outcomes, then you're missing out on very important data. So again, none of these numbers are 100%. So what do these internal communicators say are the main things that are impacting their ability to uh, to do these measurements? There are a lot of challenges that they cited, but 73% said lack of time and resources. Hmm. And that's number one on the list. It's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. Everybody no. is being asked to do a little bit more right now. Uh, or, because- or quite a bit more. And the fact is just taking on these new digital channels and the new technology and new ways of doing things. And we've talked about, you know, making your voice more authentic, looking at new purpose and strategy and values. I mean, these are big. That's a lot of new. These are big items that take a lot of thought, a lot of execution. So 73% don't have time or resources because people are investing in technology for communications. It doesn't mean they're investing in staff. 
for communications. <laughs> That's true, yeah. But the worst stat I saw maybe in this whole thing is that 27% said that there's no interest from the business at all in measuring the results of their communications. Now, what they're probably measuring, my guess, is they're looking at output. How many messages yeah. did you send? How many times did we post? What did you throw out there? So they're, what they're not doing is looking at even as something as simple as reach, which is, well, how many people actually got it and interacted with it? They're not looking at, did they understand it? Were they satisfied with it? Are they satisfied overall with our communications? You know, do they like these digital channels? Has there been any result from what you put out there? Right. That's the thing. And uh, when they say no interest from the business, what does that mean? Does that mean that they literally have no interest or does it mean there's no interest right now because we don't have the staff? We don't have software in place to measure these things. This would all have to be done manually or right. whatever. But quite frankly, I will just say it is not that hard to throw together a survey mm. of 10 questions. Uh, you don't want to do it for every message, but if you're into an important campaign or something, this is where I think it's very easy to simply send out even a one question survey of are you satisfied with inter how we're delivering communications and what we're delivering, things like that. You can come up with this pretty easily. Well, I mean, if everybody wasn't working from home, if everybody was actually in the office, that's the kind of thing you would just throw out, you know, while you're getting another cup of coffee or making some microwave popcorn and, you know, there's Barbara and you just might go, hey, uh, what'd you think of the, what'd you think of this thing we did? And, oh yeah, I thought it was good. Or, eh, yeah, eh, not so much. And you get that kind of feedback. So you have to have more formalized channels because you don't have that kind of quick back and forth that you do face to face. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you may even be able to say, I, I'm not sure, but you could say that maybe these two have some relationship. Uh, the fact that there's lack of time and resources and, may mean and no interest, right? Yeah, yeah. Where no interest could mean we have no plans right. because we don't have the time and resources. Sure, sure, sure. So there's more work for internal communications professionals, but at the same time, they're also uh, able to sort of expand how they communicate, what they communicate, what the effect is on their audience. Obviously, a lot of this is technology. That's where most of the money is going towards. But because more staff isn't in the budget, fewer people are having to do more. And this can lead to breakdowns in communication. This can lead to burnout. This can lead to a number of issues. So we got to be a little bit careful and not just throw this stuff out there and uh, hope for the best. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just going to put in a plug again that this is a fantastic read. If you're in internal communications or that's not your title, but you wind up being the one who has to do your internal messaging, I highly recommend you get this report, read yeah. through it, and we'll have a link. Uh, but it has a lot of great, like I said, a lot of analysis and a lot of tips and a lot about strategy and how you can work these things in. Uh, so it's not just telling you what people say they're going to do. It's actually helping you if you hadn't thought of something that someone else has cited, uh, how you might approach that. And again, that study is a Gallagher study called State of the Sector 2021. And then there's a bunch of other words. And you can find a link to that in the transcript on the physics.com resources podcast page for this episode. Well, that's uh, very interesting stuff. A tiny sliver of that Gallagher study. Thanks for talking to me today, Deb. Uh, super, super interesting stuff. It's a cliche, but it's a brave new world. Yeah, I found it really, really interesting. But then again, I'm a communications nerd. But mm. I, I highly recommend it for anyone who is in charge of their digital signage content or messaging of any kind in an organization. Thank you, Debbie DeWitt, Marketing Communications Manager for Visix, for talking to me today. And of course, as always, I'd like to thank all of you out there in the world for listening. You're welcome. Hey, want more free stuff? 
then head to the resources section of physics.com for free masterclass guides, blogs, videos, and more to help you with your digital signs. Please share, subscribe, and leave a review of this episode and connect with us on social media.